it's absolutely critical to sort of establish what your product is going to be and make sure that you've got some customers out there that are going to be prepared to pay for that product and make sure that as you start to scale that you do it carefully, you know, little by little to ensure that you never put yourself into a position where the business will be at risk. Welcome to the Viscosity Podcast, brought to you by VLM Training and Coaching Specialists across the UK and Australia, hosted by founder Vicky Main. Are you a business owner, leader or executive? Have you ever felt stuck or disappointed about where your life or business is heading? Do you ever feel overwhelmed, compare yourself to others or feel like you're swimming in treacle at times? This podcast is here to help you become unstuck from viscosity to achieving escape velocity and expanding your knowledge. Our guests on the show will share practical tips and real-life experience about how they got out of negative situations or circumstances to live their best life on their terms. We'll be sharing real-life stories from real people doing incredible things. Stay tuned for our next guest. Welcome to episode four of the Viscosity podcast. I'm your host, Vicky Main, and today we have Daniel McCullen in the podcast studio, who's a co-founder of Space Decor. One of Perth's success stories, I might add. Welcome. Thanks very much for having me. It's a pleasure. And you've had a really interesting career over the years. And we've known each other for about five years now, Mm. I think. And I've seen your business grow from strength to strength across Australia and New Zealand. So can you share a little bit about Space Decor and how you met your business partners and what you did before you became a business owner? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, Space Decor has had a pretty... A pretty exciting little journey, actually. Got two co-founders, Jeremy and Franco. And Jeremy had a wedding in his backyard. After that wedding, people kept ringing up and saying, hey, do you make your backyard available for other people to have their weddings? And, And it really got him thinking. And he was taking a course called Business Society and Self. It's an online MOOC through MIT. And so he started to sort of prototype the concept of space sharing while he was doing that course. One night we were up at uh, Parkerville Tavern up in the hills and he said, hey, I want to tell you an idea that I've got. And I immediately fell in love with the concept. We're we're both pretty passionate about community. And just uh, about a month later, Franco joined the journey and away we went to sort of survey the marketplace and, and see if there was actually a concept there. Yeah. Fantastic. And I mean, it's been what, five years now? and Six. Six years. Apologies. Six years. And it's been... What a journey that you're now across Australia and New Zealand. And yeah, it's incredible. So you can talk more about that as we go through today. And I really love the fact that you talk about community. And I've actually been a client of yours. Mm. I know when I was booking workspace or actually meeting rooms and training rooms across Perth, I went on your platform booked within three clicks, it was done. It was very simple. Checked for facilities, looked at where I needed to be, booked it online and it was done. Boom, credit card details sorted. Whereas when I'd went through other organisations who maybe had meeting rooms, but they weren't on your platform, it was quite a long process. So I've actually seen it from a user persona perspective and I was really impressed. So yeah, and really wish you all the success with that. And I know you're going to talk more about it as we go throughout the episode. But you did appear on season four of Network 10's Shark Tank about, was it two years ago now? Oh, geez, that was back in 2018, I think. Yeah, so tell us about the experience. What happened? Oh, man, I think I've still got some some shark bites from that thing. Yeah, it's an interesting experience. I mean, it is, you know, it is a television program. And I suppose from our perspective, 
potentially you go on that program and, and different people go on that program for different reasons, maybe for a bit of promotion, maybe looking for, for investment. I think from our perspective, that was pretty early on in our journey. And I think not only were we probably a little bit early to be heading on to a program like that, but it was actually one of our first big mistakes that we made. So we actually got out of there doing a deal, but I think we got out of there uh, by the skin of our teeth. And, and I think, you know, you, you take a look at what ends up being seven minutes on television. It's actually an hour and 15 minutes of, of hardcore grilling and wow. cross questions and all that sort of thing. And I suppose the thing that we really hadn't considered fully was that we had allowed our story, our brand, to be put in the hands of somebody else. And I okay. suppose there were a lot of learnings from that. But even though it was a great promo activity for us, and even though, you know, on TV we did a deal, I think one of the greatest outcomes of that event was that our managing director in New Zealand saw the program, was thinking about doing something similar in New Zealand, and contacted us and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing something very similar to what you guys are doing, basically an Airbnb for short-term space hire. What do you say we work together? And, and that was a really, really fantastic outcome because Elle is absolutely incredible. And we're so fortunate to have her as a part of our team and as a part of our executive team. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what a great, and great that she's in New Zealand as well to be able to be on the ground there and as you, as you scale your business. So what's next for space to call in the future? Yeah, I think we've got a lot of things in the pipeline. We certainly have a lot of digital building to do. We've got to hit the keyboard and, and create a whole bunch of different features. But one of our key customers are community centers and local government. Local government is the hub of community. And one of the things that really drives us is supporting local area economies and connecting community through space hire. And so it really made sense when we were introduced to one of our first councils, the city of Vincent, that we would actually partner for these folks partner with them and build for them. Uh, and so it's actually a little bit more complicated than just listing a business with a back room or an upstairs. Sure. You know, the initial problem we set out to solve was, okay, for people who own space, it just sits a little bit in the too hard basket. Yeah. You know, how will I let people know it's available? What if somebody breaks something? More paperwork? Uh, you know, most people are too busy with their core business to to actually sort of think about hiring out that that back room. And so really, that was the problem we set out to solve. Sure. And for people who are looking for space, if you've done it, like you said, it can be extremely complicated. Lots of phone calls, lots of emails, forms to fill in and all that sort of stuff. And so when we started to work with local government, we worked out that they have some extremely complex customers and they have some extremely complex needs. And so yeah. we had to build for those. And so our future looks like continuing to build for those. But we also are taking a look a little bit overseas. Yeah. It yep. appears that the problem is the same okay. in several other countries around the place. And so we've put a little bit of time and effort into exploring some of those locations. Sure. And it looks like absolutely it's the same forms and downloadable PDFs. And it's the same problem that we've solved, essentially. So, yeah, yeah we're looking at that expansion piece and continuing to make what we've already done better. Fantastic. And I'm sure the the data that you can collect or data to our UK audience, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that the data there is for from local authorities can be quite a really useful opportunity for them to be able to see where people are traveling from and various other things, mm -hmm. especially if there's a lot of people using the platform. Yeah, absolutely. 
the data we're able to to present folks now is it's just off the charts from the early days. Yeah. Uh, we've got all sorts of at a glance uh, stats and graphs and downloadable, configurable reports, and it just gives people an opportunity to use that data to actually drive decision making, and that's really powerful. And I think. Yeah. You know, if you're not doing that <laughs> these days, you're a little bit behind the eight. Yeah. So what is it that you love about being your own boss? I think I really love playing in the strategy space. I love thinking about what, what is our next step for space to go and how are we going to get there? Yeah. You know, the buck stops with you as well. <laughs> and so that can be challenging at times. But it's definitely probably one of my great passions. All three co-founders were actually teachers in the very beginning. I saw that, Yeah. And so we love helping people, yeah. just love helping people. I suppose in, in my role in, in the business now, I get to do that all around the business in all the different areas. We've grown a little bit. There's a fair few people, you know, sort of in the business now. And, and I just really enjoy working with folks and, and helping them and, yeah. and helping to set that strategy direction and, and then jumping in and, and seeing where I can assist. Yeah. So have you found as your business has scaled, you've had to obviously wear many hats, but have you found that it has, you've changed the way you do business as things have progressed with time? Yeah, I mean, the business has changed, you you know, that pivot to start working in local government and to actually really put capital behind building for that particular segment. That was a big decision. Aside from that, our why has really remained consistent and the same. We still want to connect communities through space hire. I guess as the years have gone by, we've gone, gotten a little bit more and more confident that we're going to be able to actually achieve that big, hairy, audacious goal. So. Fantastic. What would you say is the toughest thing about being in business? Toughest thing. In the early days, you're sort of, the, like I said, the, the buck stops with you. And so it's absolutely critical to sort of establish what your product is going to be and make sure that you've got some customers out there that are going to be prepared to pay for that product and, and make sure that as you start to scale that you do it carefully and, you know, little by little to ensure that you never put yourself into a position where the business will be at risk. Yeah, sure. And I mean, what advice would you give to founders now who, or maybe they've been in business for a short while, but they want to scale Given that you've done it, what advice would you give them? An advice that you would have given yourself if you had the chance, if you'd know what you know now what you knew back then. I think just be really, really careful about how you expand. So if you're able to actually prove out a product or a line, see how you can actually join with other people, other stakeholders. That could be teammates that end up joining your team later. That could be other channel partners who who are prepared to maybe trial your product and have a go. Yeah. If you're able to sort of step out your growth in that way, it, it gives you an opportunity to sort of build, get the product right, and then you can actually sort of move into that sales phase where you're comfortable and you know that once people start using whatever it is you're using or, or whatever you're producing or whatever your service is, that they're going to be happy, that, that they're going to enjoy the product. Because really those first initial customers is just so critical. If they're not into it, you've got a steep hill to climb. What did it feel like when you got your first sale? Oh, yeah, it, it, it was pretty fantastic. I mean, we, How did we, you celebrate? I don't know. I, I think I celebrated by getting in the car and going to the next one. Uh, <laughs> it, those first 300 spaces that listed on space to come, you know, one of the strategies that we used in the process of growing was a, a bit of a, a survey process, a need and want survey process. And so 
early on when we were still sort of figuring out if there was a problem, we went out and we talked to the marketplace and we said, sure. all right, well, if we built this thing, would you come? And what price would you be prepared to pay? And what features are critical for you? And so that early product was pretty well researched. And so when we finally turned it on and went back out to those initial folks who filled in the survey, we said, here it is. And they'd already seen a couple of iterations of it. They'd seen some drawings in the high-level concept, and then they'd seen some Adobe workups, and then they saw the real product. And I think, you know, one of the things that was really helped us was we, we had a really sharp-looking website. And so when people saw it, you know, it was much more than just having a coffee and having a chat about a concept. They're like, yeah, that looks good. And so because they, we'd kind of brought them on a journey already, they were in, they were set, they were ready to go. And so I think those first hundred was pretty quick. And then it became a, a bit of a slog, you know, sort of you find you're in the car every day driving around Perth and meeting people and saying, hey, this is what we've got. And, yeah. I kept you know, seeing this, the stickers all over Perth saying, you know, book your space, <laughs> like you've got one there. And it was, or, or they were members of Space to Co. And I really, or not members, you maybe, or people who were advertising space. And mm. I think you had a very clever marketing strategy and being able to really expand quite quickly in Perth and then obviously beyond there. And I think Perth's quite an entrepreneurial place to live as well. I've lived here for well, eight years and then moved to Perth and, you know, people are prepared to let you give it a go and do yeah. things. And I know you've been part of the, were part of the startup community in Perth and mm. then it grew and grew and you've now, your team, you're now one of Perth's success stories in terms of where you're going. And that's that's really good. But I know also you've done a lot of talks within schools and given back and, and shared your views with people as well. And, and that's that's great to see that you're inspiring others as well to following your footsteps and I think that's important I know we talked about parenting before the mm. podcast which is a different podcast we'll share that another time <laughs> but you know and it's important to share your knowledge and expertise and give back particularly as you're a former teacher as well like I am mm. you know so yeah, what are your thoughts on that you know in the early days we're six years in but but we still consider ourselves a startup we're still pretty scrappy we're still very careful <laughs> we're certainly not too big to fail at this stage and so we've always made a conscious decision. We, we have a number of, we call them our co-manments, and they're just some principles by which we operate the business overarchingly. And the three co-founders, we really worked hard on, on putting together a set of principles, and, and they've grown and changed as the team has grown and changed as well. But we really worked hard to, to put together a set of principles by which to operate. And one of those is to give back. And so if you haven't funds to be able to give back. That's been a really important part of our journey. We've had so many people in Perth who have have just been ridiculously kind. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can absolutely catch the ear of so many knowledgeable, amazing, mm. wonderful people who are prepared to give their time. And so, you know, we recognize that. And we've worked you know, we've, we've made ourselves available absolutely to be able to give back to others in the same way that people shared with us. Fantastic. That's great. And so what is the bravest or scariest thing you've ever done? I'm curious. Let's, we're going to talk more about mindset now as well. Ah, oh, bravest and scariest thing. I think what we were talking about earlier, I mean, I've, I've done a, a free fall skydive from 12,500 feet. I've swum <laughs> to Toronto. Or- yeah, yeah, up in York. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, swam Dorado, jumped off a cliff on a bungee. I, I don't think any of those things really compare with raising kids. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that is like 
Yeah. I've got two teenage girls at home, and yeah. I don't think there's anything scarier. <laughs> and that's saying something, being a teacher. But, you know, yeah. it's a it's a little bit different when um, when you share a living space with somebody as well. And, you know, we've always worked really – we've done the very best that we can to sort of ensure that our girls are kind, respectful, and hardworking. Those are the watchwords we used in our home a lot. And I think we've gotten there, you know, uh, overarchingly. But, it, you know, it's an exciting journey, uh, but it's a scary one as well. Yeah, the trouble is nowadays there's a lot of influences out there externally with social media. And I know I'm a parent to two teenage boys as well. And that's, yeah, it's something that I'm very aware of, which every parent in the world is probably thinking the same thing or most people. So, yeah, it's interesting. What advice would you give to someone who is maybe dealing with some setbacks or dealing with things that they, maybe they're in a negative situation. Perhaps their business is, for want of a better word, failing. Mm. And what would you suggest to those people? What what would you do in those situations? This is going to be really ironic for me to say, because I am a bit of a workaholic. But I think, you know, if you're able to maintain a number of different areas of your life, right? So if you've got your family and your relationships in one box, you know, the important people to you and, and you surround yourself with those folks. Then maybe in your business, you've got a different box. And then in another box, you've got your health. And then for, for some folks, I think spirituality plays a role as well. Yeah. Um, I think if you've got that balance and you've got those different boxes, if one of them is just a little bit empty or, or not really as full as, as you'd want it to be, you can lean on those other ones. You can actually sort of go back and, and focus and, and find some support. Sure, and so sure. I know that I certainly couldn't have undertaken this enormous journey without the support of my wife, Irma. And so, you know, there have been a ton of times where things have been frustrating or, or I've been a bit down about something and, and she's been the one to assist me to get through that. So that's, that's really critical. You know, the other thing is we're very, both in business and sort of personally, we're very organized. I'm a very organized person. I like to sort of know what's going to happen, strategize for it, and, and know what the outcome will look like. And so I think if um, if you're planning stuff, and I guess in, in particular in the context of business, you'd have some annual goals that you want to achieve. Sure. You've had, you'd have some quarterly goals that you want to achieve, and then those would be broken down month by month. And so if you're sort of getting stuck in a particular area, you can always go back to the steps and start to adjust those steps. Yeah. So each year, Irma and I sit down and we sort of talk about our be, do, have, right? Who, who are we going to be uh, to our friends, to our family, uh, to our kids? What are we going to do? What are we, what are we setting out to achieve for the year? And in the early days, we used to set a lot of things. And I think we got a little bit smarter over time about how many things to actually set, how many actual projects to set for ourselves. And then... And sort of the have is the last bit. It's the measurement. Did you achieve it? You know. Sure. So uh, I suppose as an example, one we have some investment properties and we subdivided and we were building a new house. And so the do was to actually get that house built, and the have was the the measurement was one dollar of rent, which meant that we had finished the project, we finished sure. the subdivision, we built the house. And I guess when you take a look at those programs, there's all those different steps, right? And so really, if you're getting stuck, it's probably just one of those very, very small steps that leads to a bigger bit, which leads to a bigger bit, which leads to the overall goal. And so go ahead, go back and just rethink that bit, yeah. that smaller bit. Don't let it become a, a big giant mountain. My business is failing. It's not that your business is failing or it's probably more of 
there's a step right now that's missing. Sure. Go back and have a look at that step and, and how can you sort of attack it from a different angle and get yourself back on track. Sure, I love that. And I love what you said about how yourself and your partner sit down every year and reflect and look at what the future brings mm. as a couple. And I think you mentioned before we got on the podcast today that you make a conscious effort to sit down every morning and have a coffee catch up. Mm. And that's wonderful that communication's key. And I think that's certainly something because she is your rock in terms of your business and mm. helping you. And that's that's wonderful to hear. So, But for p- people who maybe don't have that support network around them, would you suggest that they find one pretty quickly oh, if yeah. they're going to go in business? Cause they're <laughs> yeah, you got to have yeah. it. You absolutely yeah. must, must have support and advice. You know, I've, I've sought assistance from, from both informal coffee chats, but also from a little bit more semi-formally through mentoring. Okay. So while I've done a little bit of mentoring, I've also been the happy recipient of the ability to sit down with somebody, lay out some complicated business problems and hear their take on it. Okay. And so absolutely putting a network around you that that gives you the ability to knock ideas around. And, you know, this has been very Dan-centric, but the fact of the matter is, is that Space to Co has been built from from day one by three guys. And we have all had times where we've been down and the other two guys have been able to carry on the flag, move yeah, it forward, move it forward. Of course. I've seen in, in the pro startup community folks trying to go it alone, and it's pretty tough. You, you just need somebody who's just as passionate as you are about sure. getting to the end goal so you can sit down and talk about it. Sure. Knock ideas around. If I was bringing business stuff to coffee time every morning, I don't know if I'd find I have a, a partner <laughs> coffee time anymore, you know? Like, yeah, of course. You got to have those folks where you can strategize and and talk to them and chew on problems. Yeah. For me, I get in the pool and I go back and forth and I, I, I'm able to solve things. It's it's a real kinesthetic way of working through stuff. But for some folks, just being able to articulate a problem, sometimes you don't even need somebody else to give you an answer. <laughs> You're just saying it out loud sometimes. It just becomes clear to you. Oh, of course, yeah. this is what I need to do. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah, uh, having that network around, so very, very important. Yeah, and you know, I don't know about you, but I, I think the whole notion of, well, we know since the pandemic and, you know, mental health issues have cropped mm. up, but I think there's a real, not many people talk about the pressure that business owners have and what they're under in terms of their mental health. Mm. And, you know, I've been in business now, gosh, six six years and various different things that I've been up to and you know there are ups and downs but it's about surrounding yourself with those people who can support you and not doing it tough on your own and I think that's really important now given that you guys are all in a partnership together did you set expectations up front about your non-negotiables and what things that you as a manager leadership team would you know obviously you have to set those parameters because you were friends before you became business partners is that Mm. right so how was that in terms of, I know it's, I know your co-founders aren't here today, but did you have a conversation before you set the business up about, look guys, this is what are my non-negotiables mm-hmm. and, or did you find that it just evolved over time and you, you found what your non-negotiables were when things cropped up perhaps? Yeah, I think it's been a combination of, of the two of them. When you have a, a lawyer father, you know, <laughs> he says okay. at the very beginning of your journey, hey... Love the concept of all of you sailing around the world in your yachts. But you know what? A lot of these things don't come together. So, you know, why don't I help you 
to answer some key questions mm. and put together a rough shareholders agreement before you kick off. Sure. And that was really great advice. Never really came into play. I'm just thinking about my response as I go, actually. You know, but my wife and I, we see eye to eye on so many topics. And that's made life really, really easy. We're 23 years married because there are just so few areas where we truly have different values or attitudes okay. about particular areas. Yeah. And and that makes things a lot easier. And I think over 23 years, we've worked out how to have tough discussions. It's the same with, with Jeremy and Franco. Those guys are amazing guys. They're just really wonderful people. Yeah. They're good people. They're ethical people. And... I think actually, you know, well, there's absolutely been tense moments for sure. And I'm sure I've caused, you know, most of them. But I think when, when it really comes down to it, all three of us are so passionate about our why. And we're pretty just good fellas. And so yeah. at the end of the day, there have been some things that we've spoken about explicitly from day one. Sure. And, and that's really, really important from, you know, just to avoid big, big arguments down the track. Let's sure. say everything kicks off and it's amazing, or let's say everything falls apart. What happens? It's good to plan for those things. But I think we're six years in, and I think we're still learning and evolving as people sure. in this business and together. You know, over six years, a lot of things happen in people's personal lives as well. And Absolutely. So it's a moving target. You know, I think overarchingly, we just try to be respectful. It's, it's one of our commandments that our team... And we have a reasonable balance uh, between family and business. That's fantastic. It really is. And yeah, I wish you all the sex- success for the future. Uh, tell our listeners, what, is, what does the future look like now? I know you might have mentioned this earlier, but any final remarks on what you're doing next? And also, where can people find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, spacetoco.com. Absolutely. Check it out. That's S-P-A-C-E-T-O-C-O, as in collaborate, community. It's all the co-words, really. That's why we have co-amendments and sure. uh, co-reviews and nice. all that sort of stuff. If we've done our job properly, everybody in communities all around Australia and New Zealand, and potentially further afield overseas, can simply and easily find space to do whatever it is that they want to do. And if we've done our job properly, and again, we kicked off a business with, it's a marketplace. And so you have really two sets of customers. You have supply and demand. You have the hosts who have specific needs that we need to meet. And we have guests who have specific needs we need to meet. But if we've met all those needs, then all around Australia and New Zealand, you could walk into any community and do whatever it is you want to do. Do you want to get together with uh, some people in the community and and start a club, you can find a space simply, easily. Search, filter, book and pay. Fantastic. Well, Daniel, it's great for you to be here today. Thank you so much for your insights. And yes, get in touch with Daniel or the team through your website. And yeah, wish you all the best. And I look forward to seeing you in the future as your business scales and grows. So good on you. Thanks so much for having me today. Thank you. It was really wonderful. Thanks. Thank you.